0: Welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church Annual Read. This year, we are reading Knowing God Through the Year by J.I. Packer. We hope that you'll be filled with fresh insight and joy as you spend time discovering more about our thrilling God. Hello, my name is Alicia Maxwell, and I'm so honored to be with you again today. Today's devotion is titled Battle for Hope, and we will be looking at 1 Peter one three. The verse says, Praise be To the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through the resurrection, we are given a living hope. And that's it, the eternal hope, the gospel message that I even talked about last week. And I think the lie we believe is that we're just going to feel hope or feel joy naturally because we are Christians. If you attend Mariner's Church, you know that we are in a series titled Fighting for Joy. And if you aren't following along, I encourage you to go back and, to the start of the series and listen to the biblical instructions the messages give on how to fight for joy. And it's similar a similar battle for hope. The takeaway question in this devotion asks, when do you have to battle to maintain hope? How can you go about that battle? Through this Fighting for Joy series, I've personally been able to identify a pattern in my life where I've been tempted to stay in my feelings. I can stay in them as long as I want to. I can linger with my thoughts. I can sit in the hurt or logically go back and forth in my brain on how I was right or wrong in a situation. The problem with this type of thinking is it keeps us focused on the present, focused on the problem, focused on ourself. Or we might look at the past and get defeated because we see that we keep landing in the same place. We keep making the same mistake over and over again. How can you ever expect to find hope when you're focused on the current pain and suffering of your trial? How can you find hope when everyone around you is pointing to your failures? We simply get stuck in a rut, feeling like there is no end in sight. The gospel tells us something different. The gospel always points to the future, a new life, a new body, a new earth, all to come in the future. The Bible helps us deal with the present and even the past by pointing to the future. Just as you can't drive to work, you know, having your attention in the rearview mirror, you can't expect to find hope by looking at the past. I believe that God allows us to go through trials because he wants us to learn how to fight the battle, to build strength and endurance. And think about it. How does an athlete build endurance? Through intense training. Now, listen, I am definitely not the person to take training advice from when it comes to working out. I'm the one who does half a workout session and gets discouraged when I look in the mirror and I don't see a difference. And what's that quote? Something like, I like having a nice body, but I like tacos more. That is definitely me. (laughs) But my point is it takes training. We have to train our brains how to take our thoughts captive and focus on truth, focus on the eternal hope that is to come and to trust that God will work it out. It is a fight. It is a battle. But we have to remember we're battling our flesh. We're battling the enemy and we are choosing God and we will continue to get better at it with the Lord's help if we don't give up. Now, the devotion looks at the story of Job and even Job, who God Called a blameless man, found himself in a time of mourning and surrounded by people who did not direct his focus on the glory of God. Rather, they directed his attention into his current circumstance and and what he may have done to cause the grief that he was suffering. And God rebukes them. And side note: don't be Job's friends. Um, so I always like to simplify it and and with some clear next steps and some direction. And this one is pretty clear based on what I just said. The first one is just to create a shift in your thinking. The devotion points to God's message in Job, where God is telling him, trust me to know what I'm doing. And it's not an if, but when. It's going to come. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. We need to expect trials. So not if I have shame, but when, when I have shame. When I have guilt, when I have temptation, when I have fill in the blank, any trial, God can take it away. And it's not one and done. It's not all my shame is gone forever. And my temptation is gone forever. It's the training I just talked about. Shift your thinking so that you're not surprised. And the other shift you can make is focusing on the right promises. He doesn't promise you'll get the job. He promises to provide For you until you do. He doesn't promise parenting will be easy. He promises to be right there when you call on him for help to strengthen you through it. God always works it out. We just have to shift our thinking. And the second takeaway is surround yourself with people who will remind you of who God is, people who will push you forward instead of holding you back. Job suffered so long going back and forth with his friends. And if you make these changes, shifting your thinking and surrounding yourself with the right people, what could this look like in your life? We will be able to count it all joy. Enduring trials is one thing, but it's another to be able to rejoice in them. Now, we are human. So there are times that we forget and something feels so big that we feel stuck and it's hard to count it joy. For instance, the other day I was reading Psalm 30 and I read this verse. Um, verse two said, Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. And being focused on my current trial, I paused for a second. And I said, I've asked you to heal this and you haven't. But then I quickly remembered in conviction, how far he's brought me and how this is truly a verse that I can read with confidence and assurance in him. Because He's healed me so, in so many other areas of my life over and over again. And I stopped and thanked him for being so incredibly faithful. Now, sometimes I tell you to go back and, you know, say, oh, this chapter was so good. Read it. And of course, I always I mean, do that. Go and read 1 Peter um, chapter 1. Um, but today, like, I really want to read these beautiful scriptures over you because they're perfect. It's the exact truth that we need. And I can't say it better myself. So I'm just going to read these verses and um, and close in prayer. So Peter, who had been persecuted himself a lot, was writing to the believers who had been dispersed throughout Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And these believers were also facing persecution. And this is what Peter tells them. Praise be to God the Father, In all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you will have had suffer grief of all kinds. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. O Lord, this is your word. And it's so perfect. Make this my hope every day for every person listening right now. Make this our hope. Keep our eyes fixed on you rather than our circumstances. And when the inevitable trials come, please surround us with your followers that will lead us in prayer and speak your promises over us. And Lord, help us to be that for other people. That when other people are going through trials, that we can stop and pray for them and speak your promises to them. We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for making the Gospel Everyday Podcast an important part of your day. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet, and we'd love it if you could take a few moments to rate and review the podcast.